0: Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by StickyAlbums.com. Do you want to book more clients? Nothing boosts your word of mouth referrals like giving each of your clients their own custom photo app. You can create your first app in minutes at StickyAlbums.com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the fast and easy cloud accounting solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You can try FreshBooks right now for free. Just go to FreshBooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section for a free trial. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want, with access to thousands of online video courses, including a wide range of photography topics, and skills. For seven days of free unlimited in-depth courses, visit lynda.com slash twip. That's linda l slash twip. This week on Twip photographing on federal wildlands, do you have to pay? Also, Adobe announces Photoshop Elements and Premiere Elements 13. They're targeted at consumers at only $100 each, but could they be enough for most folks? It's Monday, September 29th, 2014, and this is Quip. All right, and welcome back to TWiP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today to discuss the world of photography and the happenings therein are my friends Mr. Yevgeny Chabotarov and Mr. Craig Colvin. Hey guys, how you doing?
1: Doing great. Yeah, pretty good as well.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you guys back on. Uh, Craig, I want to start with you because you haven't been on in a while. What's going on? And you're like my neighbor. You're literally like a few... Minutes away.
1: <laughs> so I know, and, and just but we're both so busy, hardly ever see each other. I know. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I did want to comment. I, I think this is my seventh time on uh, Twip, which and is it's... the first time with video, and I was How thinking was since you had met me, there were some annotations next to my name saying I have a face for radio or something. <laughs> So, uh, I'm, I'm glad to actually.
0: <laughs> hey, that <laughs> ain't my fault, man. To, uh, 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 blame, blame Suzanne Llewellyn. That's her. <laughs> She's the puppet master. Yeah, it's
1: just it's just worked out that way. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what's been going on? Here, you got you got gallery. It would have, you, Evgeny. What are you doing? I'm taking
2: a selfie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. The selfie has invaded Twip. Look at that. You can't get away from it. You cannot get away. So what's, what's going on, Craig? You got gallery showings? Well, you just uh, set the world on fire, right? Well,
1: well. so first of all, I've been traveling a lot in September. I went to Photoshop World. I took a, a workshop with Kim Weston, uh, Edward Weston's grandson, yeah. uh, up at uh, Wildcat Ranch. Um, I did, went to Rome for 10 days. Nice. Uh, so been. Uh, I think I've been traveling 19 in the last 27 days and uh, taking photographs wherever I go. Love so it's it. been great. Um, and then, yes, I've had uh, a lot of, um, of my images are being in, uh, exhibited uh, in October. I have four different uh, gallery exhibits going on, a couple here locally in Palo Alto, one up in Eugene, Oregon, and one in Miami, Florida.
0: That's so, cool. Yeah, you're going to have to give us a link to those so that we can, because your, your work is just outstanding, and people, uh, people need to see it, you know? Yeah, so, well, Thanks. Yeah, we'll put a link to some of your stuff in the in the notes and, uh, you know, sh- spread the word and you'll probably get more work from that. So There you go. Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah, glad to be here. All right, my other buddy, Mr. Yevgeny Jaboterov. Hey, man, what's going on with that bright red... That's got to be a 500PX shirt, isn't it? It is it its yeah, Of course it is. It
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the official attire, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the things are pretty good. I was actually traveling right this... P- beside your house a couple of weeks ago uh, going from San Francisco to Portland to Seattle uh, to Yellowstone and then to Denver yeah I was following
0: you online man yeah
2: yeah, yeah. mostly posting photos on Instagram and then just kind of like if I had time to edit some photos posting that on 500px but yeah. it's kind of like it's pretty gruesome it takes a lot of time you're driving a lot and then you are waking up at like 5 a.m to for the sunrise shots. Yeah. Um no Wi-Fi in some places, or like really wonky Wi-Fi in other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the usual. So it's
0: and um, you you know the people that are sitting in traffic listening to this on their way to their cube job, you know, are like, really? <laughs> that sounds like a dream to be able to go to a place with no Wi-Fi. That's a feature. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it, it, it should be a feature until you need it. Uh, yeah, until but, you need yeah, it. Yeah, but in the end. Uh, Lots of gorgeous um, sunrises and sunsets. It was just beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that stuff because one of the stories, as you've seen in the notes, are, is about um, that kind of photography and like sort of traveling in national parks and that sort of thing. So I'm eager to pick your brain about that. Right. All right. Um, so, just what's quickly a uh, recap of what's new in my world. So, Photo Plus Expo is coming up really soon, um, the end of October. So, October 29th through November 1st at the Javits Center in New York City. I'll be there doing interviews from the Panasonic booth. So, if you're in New York and you're planning on going to the expo, please stop by and say hello. I'd love to meet you. Also, we're giving away. Twip is giving away a Panasonic Lumix GM5, which is that little tiny micro four thirds camera that they have out. They ha- they released the GM1 last year, and this is the GM5. I don't know where the other ones went in between there, <laughs> but but the GM5 is out. It's really cool, and I get to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pry it out of my hands and give it to somebody in New York, as well as a bunch of other cool stuff. I'm working on some other uh, things to add into a huge prize package that will be insane, hopefully. So uh, anyway, definitely check that out. And you can register to win that camera over on our website at thisweekinphoto.com. Just go to the events area, and you'll see the the uh, Panasonic Photo Plus event there just click on that and it has a little thing in there where you can register takes two seconds register and you get on the list and we will randomly pick somebody and they'll they'll have a new camera then the other thing I'm doing is in October um, next month the beginning of October October 9th Rob Knight is coming to the area to give uh, a speech at my hangout actually it's a workshop at uh, the Twip October Hangout, it's going to be on landscape and nature photography. So this is going to be an interesting hangout. Craig, I know you've been to these hangouts before. These, are uh, I'm these signed up for points. this one too. Yeah, this okay. one's going to be interesting because we are we're serving wine, cheese, crackers, and they got prizes, all kinds of stuff. So we're stepping it up a notch. Nice, nice. No more Kool-Aid. We're going with the wine. So fermented Kool-Aid. That's- so, cool. All right, guys, before we jump into the show, I want to thank our newest sponsor for this week in photo. And that's our good friends over at Sticky Albums. When Sticky Albums founder Nate Grehack was working as a professional photographer, he used to hand out paper business cards until one client finally told him that she really didn't like carrying paper around in her pockets. That was the inspiration for Nate founding Sticky Albums. It's a service that makes it super simple to create a custom mobile photo app for each of your clients. As a business owner, you'll love Sticky Albums because you can customize your galleries per client with your own logo and contact information. And as your clients share their app with all of their friends and family, it's like they're passing out digital business cards for you. And Nate and his team have just released a brand new version of Sticky Albums with some cool new features this year that has already won a PPA Hot 1 award. And be sure to check out the Sticky Albums blog to learn how wedding photographer Sal Sincata created a simple Sticky Album for a popular wedding venue in his city that skyrocketed his word of mouth referrals. And for the TWIP audience, Nate has provided the discount code TWIP, T-W-I-P, that will knock $40 off your annual membership, including unlimited apps. All right, real quick, um, before we dive into the news, um, just you guys may have seen it that we recently relaunched Twip, made it, and basically went from one show to multiple shows. It's got a brand new site and all that, and uh, we, you know, it's it's been really well received so far. So the yeah, latest, it, it have looks you seen great. It, Craig? Yeah, it has, it still has that new website smell too. It, really does, nice. it does, it yeah. does. Unfortunately, you know, you know how that goes. I'll get sick of it in about a year, and then I'll have to change. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the miracle of WordPress. I can do that. Um, But anyway, so one of the latest episodes of Twip Talks, that's the the new show that kind of takes all the interviews that we used to put inside of Twip, they now have their own feed now. The latest one is with Michael Greco. So Michael Greco is a a Los Angeles-based commercial and celebrity photographer, and he and I sat down just to specifically talk about how he archives and what his workflow is. He has a big office full of people working around, running around, working on different workstations. So I was curious, how does that work? You know, we all know how it works on a single desk like this, but how does it work in a production environment? So there's that. So definitely check that out at thisweekinphoto.com talks. And then our newest show, Street Focus, hosted by Valerie Jardin, just launched. You can check that out at thisweekinphoto.com street. She just did an interview with famous street photographer Thomas Lothard. So definitely check that out. You can check out all the shows that we have available at thisweekinphoto.com subscribe. Alright, guys, let's jump into story number one, and uh, this is pretty interesting. So, this is, is, we're going to do a little damage control here, I think, because I think there's some misinformation floating around the internet, so we're going to take this opportunity to correct it. So, essentially, the rumor floating around is, if a shutter clicks, and this is what Bruce put in the notes here, says, if a shutter clicks in the forest and someone from the U.S. Forest Service isn't around to hear it, do you have to pay $1,500, according to a story on Foblographer, which is Chris Gampett's outfit over there, you might think that if you just kind of glossed over this. But after digging a little deeper, it's a little different. So, according to Foblographer, he says, You need to get a permit. You may need to get a permit soon. In fact, according to the Washington Post, that should have been your first clue. In the, the, US, the U.S. Forest Service is saying that photographers, even those with just cell phones that want to photograph the lands, will need to purchase a permit for $1,500. This goes for both filming and still photography. Now, a lot of people were kind of up in arms about this. But we dug, dug a little deeper, and we found that the new measure applies to commercial filming. And it's designed to clo- basically close some loopholes that people were using to exploit the previous legislation. So it's not designed to stop normal people like us to uh, you know from using the parks or taking pictures and all that stuff. It's designed to make people that are doing commercial things out there uh, accountable, and they have to pay. So the guidelines were uh, Modern Hiker basically broke down the highlights of the measure. So number one, you have to stay within certain content guidelines, so nothing nefarious. Um, doesn't you can't cause damage to any of the national resources. You can't disrupt the public's use and enjoyment of the area, and you can't do anything that poses a public or health or safety risk. So as long as you're within those guidelines, snap away. So I want to throw this to you first, Yevgeny. You, like you just said, you've been basically crossing the planet, I think, and you know, <laughs> up and down the coast of the, of the California here and up in Oregon. So when you this story aside right so he's kind of diffused that people can go take photos all they want but shifting the topic a little bit over to when you're in one of these national parks like what do you do like do you like when you're on one of these adventures do you just go put yourself out there and hope the the photo hits you or do you do research or how do you, what's your process there
2: um, it's twofold so of course you 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 need some luck to make sure that the, there's going to be some sun and some clouds and it's going to hit the right way uh, but it, it, it is also a lot of uh, preparation. So one of the examples that we were scouting for a location in Grand Teton uh, for the sunrise, and we arrived there after sunset uh, looking around where we want to set our tripods. Mm-hmm. And I was asking my friend, like, why do you need to do this? Like, we just, you know, show at sunrise or like half an hour before, just put our tripods. And he's like, no, uh, when you go there, you will see a lineup of photographers, like 50 or 60 people. So if, you are, uh, if you're arriving half an hour before sunrise, you'll be the one snapping photos somewhere on the top with your iPhone because there's no other space. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to set up, you have to be an hour in advance. So next morning, we woke up at five, uh, came there at like around six. Uh, it is hour and 20 minutes before sunrise. There's right. only 15 people there. <laughs> there's cars arriving, there's people arriving, so we said, like, our place was empty, so we set our right that's where we wanted, and, uh, you know, for the next half an hour, more and more cars started arriving and arriving, and in the end, people were snapping photos of other people, because it was, like, an incredible line, <laughs> everybody was, every spot was taking.
0: Uh, feeding frenzy, yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and, and when you see this, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it, like, you really have to... Uh, know your spot, and some people were setting up in a different spot where we been before uh, the day before, and we we're like, no, we don't want to shoot there. Mm-hmm. So like the stuff that they're shooting, they're interested in, but we're not. So it was kind of like weird in a way that everybody has their own way and vision, and yeah. it's still the same, the same mountain and the same reflection in the end. So uh, just the different processing, right? Yeah, but yeah. you're gonna prepare for those.
0: Yeah, it's preparation, uh, well, right? I mean, it's preparation. I was talking to um, Jay and Verena Patel about, you know, travel photography and their process and I, the the main thing I took away from that discussion was preparation, 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 yeah. especially if you're leaving and you're going to a different country or something, you know, it's research not, from the standpoint of weather conditions, places to stay, dangers in the area, um, other shots that people have done in those areas that you might want to try to do something similar? So, inspiration, yeah. all that stuff,
2: right? And usually for landscapes, you know, everybody wants, wants to copy Ansel Adams, uh, or at least I want to copy Ansel Adams. first <laughs> and, and then once I do that, I just go and venture, find my own shots. But, but that's the first kind of like uh, inclination. You go there, you search for 100px or something, uh, find the photos that you like. Uh, copy them or save them to your favorites, and then just try to get the same kind of shot. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the, I think, craziest examples is the Japanese gardens in uh, Portland, Oregon,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that famous tree that everybody's shooting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the first time, it took me two hours to find the tree. I'm <laughs> like, where, where the hell is this tree? <laughs> and it's, like, so small, and it's so unnoticeable that you wouldn't know. You was just, like, going and, like, circling yeah. and, like, looking for a tree. And so sometimes it just becomes funny. You're, like, in a small little garden, and you cannot find one tree. That yeah. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I found that in Joshua Tree. I walked nine miles looking for this one thing I had seen. In fact, I think it was on 500px uh, I had seen a, a photo of it. And I walked nine miles, and when I gave up, walked back to my car. It was a hundred yards from my car the other direction.
2: It's usually <laughs> pretty close, right, to the parking <laughs> lot, right.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, so Craig Craig, that said, so the, the the type of photography that you do, you know there may be some nudes in there or you know models for example, how does that work in like how do you scout locations and are you able to use national parks if you want to do that? kind Well of thing? so there's a
1: difference between national parks and this national forest system uh, thing. I actually read the uh, the National Forest what you know what this whole debate was about mm-hmm. and it turns out that um, They say, specifically, you do need a permit if you are going to take photographs in a location where members of the general public are not allowed, where uh, there might be additional administrative costs, or if you're using models, sets, or props.
0: And that's that $1,500 permit?
1: Well, I, it does, no fee is listed there. It just says you need to get a special use permit. It doesn't talk about the fees. Now, the fines have been listed as $1,000, so you're better off not to get the permit and just pay the fine if you get caught.
0: But There you go. Yeah, yeah, at the very least, you save $500, right? <laughs> so as far as national
1: uh, parks, um, there is no federal law against nudity. Uh, there's only state laws against nudity. So you're allowed to do fine art nudes in state parks legally, yeah. um, but the rangers can if you are, if there's a lot of people around or whatever, they can ask you to, to move Yeah. Uh, if you're disturbing others. Right. Uh, you, of course. You know, now, in national parks, kind of the rule of thumb is if you get out of your car and if you walk a mile, you will never see another soul. <laughs> yeah. Right. The people just do not walk. They, they, they park wherever the par- pullouts are or the parking lots are. And they go a mile in. So if you go beyond that, you won't see anybody.
0: Got it. Hey, no man's land, untouched. You right. know, a private your own private studio in there. Exactly. And what do you, what are you shooting with when you when you uh, do these kind of shoots, Craig?
1: Uh, I I take my Canon 5D Mark II mm-hmm. um, whenever I'm doing model shoots. Yeah. Uh, I mirrorless. I I reserve for. Um, uh, street photography and travel that sort of thing. But if I'm if I'm shooting models it's it's gonna be with my DLSR.
2: Got it, got it. And and Evgeny, what about you? What are you shooting with? Uh, I got really upset. I got the Nikon D ten, uh, the new and fancy one. And You really got that wanted, one really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I really wanted to get into long exposure so I got the uh, big stopper from Lee uh, mm-hmm. to shoot like Six to ten minutes exposures, and yeah, I neutral, got the neutral density
0: filter, right? Yep,
2: yep. And in the end, what happened, my camera experiences that white dot issue that was pretty highly uh, publicized. Yeah. And it looks horrible, and yeah. not, none of the software can take it out, yeah. and you just have to service that. So, all my photos in original resolution have a lot of weird white dots everywhere.
0: Hey, just incorporate that into your
2: style, just, you know,
0: it's intentional. It's, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's a butter of look.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I've been shooting a lot with that uh, and have had my Canon 6D as a backup camera. Mm-hmm. Didn't even to take it out, so it was in the bag all time, uh, at all times. So Nikon for now. Nice.
0: Nice, cool. All right, there's there's a lot of stuff. You and I, Evgeny, have to do a, We have to do like a separate catch up interview on 500px and the stuff that's going on over there. Every time I look up, there's something new. Like the latest thing was groups and changes to groups and all this stuff. So yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to talk about that.
1: <laughs> Which are great, by the way. Thanks for doing yeah. that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you should join yeah. my groups.
0: <laughs> it, we're, so how do people like if they want to join your group? Does it have like a uh, a simple URL that people can go to?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can set up any URL. So uh, I, I knew that you set up a group, and you can have it as Twip or This Week in Photography or yep. whatever you like. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep, that's what I did. I, I think it's This Week in Photo or Twip. I don't know. I have to look.
2: You just search for it, right? Yeah. So You'll you find it. You'll find it.
0: Cool. Well, I'm, I'm always happy to see you guys innovating because you're always, like, crunching on stuff and making cool things. So thank you for that. All right, folks, let's uh, I want to thank our second sponsor for this episode of This Week in Photo, and that's our good friends over at FreshBooks. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy cloud solution helping millions of small business owners save time invoicing and get paid faster. You know, as photographers, we capture moments, feelings vistas, all that cool stuff, even perspectives. But what we don't think to capture sometimes is the income picture of our businesses. You know, income, your expenses, your billable time, all that stuff. And I think one of the reasons why we don't do that is because capturing all those things is boring. That's a simple fact, it's just boring doing that. We'd rather be out taking pictures. Now, thankfully, FreshBooks offers small business owners and freelancers a way to keep track of their time and money without breaking your workflow or lifestyle. You can invoice your clients, you can do it in mere minutes. Expenses can be automatically imported so you don't have to lift a finger. You can track billable time. Basically, they take the hassle out of running your photography business by joining millions of freelancers and entrepreneurs using FreshBooks to run their businesses. So really cool stuff. And this week in photo and basically anything I do personally business-wise is run using FreshBooks. And I've been doing it for several years now, and I can't tell you how much time it has saved me in terms of headache and following up with clients and billing and getting paid, all that stuff you know, their tagline is it, it it says, you know, let me read it here. It says it helps you save time invoicing and get paid faster. And that's exactly what it did for, did for me. I had a stack of things that I had to do, you know, people to reach out to, to, you know, bug about getting paid or all these different things. And once I imported everything into FreshBooks, it basically said, okay, Frederick, yeah, we got this and he took it over and I get paid, you know, and it just works. I don't think I would be able to run my business as efficiently as I do without FreshBooks. So definitely check them out. And FreshBooks, our sponsor for this episode, is free to try for This Week in Photo listeners. All you got to do is go to FreshBooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free trial. So get out there, capture some beautiful moments, and your business finances. Just go to FreshBooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right. Story number two here is about Adobe. So Adobe announced uh, Photoshop Elements and Premiere Elements 13. Now the interesting thing about this, now obviously there's some you know new features in there. Like they've got new social features where you can easily create your Facebook cover photos and educational features in there, they've got like guided tasks or wizards that walk you do walk you through different things so clearly targeted at the beginner and um, you know not so much the advanced amateur professional photographer but the cool thing is there's two cool things both applications are strangely available as a boxed product so Adobe the company that just recently moved full force over into subscriptions with the Creative Cloud has spun these products off um, outside of the cloud and basically put them on the ground, you know, in a box, and they you can buy them for a hundred bucks each or in a bundle for like 150 bucks. So that's pretty cool. And what I wanted to talk to you guys about was is the idea of Photoshop being too much for many people. And is this the right direction for beginning photographers to go, or should they pony up. And learn the industry's de facto standard that is Photoshop. Craig, what do you what do you think?
1: Um, I I I think this is a good way to go for beginners. Uh, Photoshop is such a steep learning curve; it's going to put a lot of people off before they even get started. And uh, I see you know the Elements being an easier entry and uh, hopefully going to. Uh, you know, get people used to some of the features that you then find in Photoshop, make the transition much easier. Yeah. Uh, It it seems like these are kind of targeted, both Premiere and this, are kind of targeted at iPhoto and iMovie, Mm -hmm. making it easy to do a lot of simple things. In fact, reading about some of the things it did, I I kinda wish Photoshop would do some of those.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Make
1: make it a lot easier, right? Um, I don't need all the things in Premiere to do my photo, uh, video editing, Mm-hmm. I, I need something simple, so uh, I may I may pick
0: that up, give yeah. it a try. Yeah, and why not? Lightweight, and it's not restricted by you know a cloud username and password, right? Right. Hmm. Yev Guinea, what do you think about this? You know, I wanted to ask you about this from the standpoint of cloud services, um, like you know 500px. It, cloud is weird, right? So it's a it's a service that lives in, you know, on a server, right, or a bunch of servers yeah. in, in the case of 500px. But when you look at this, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, like in the case of Google with their incorporation of Nick technology into Google Plus Photos and, you know, these online, there was, before that, there was Aviary, which I think is partnered with Yahoo for Yahoo Photos and all that stuff. So we've got all these different tools out there online that let you do stuff. And then we have these more powerful, I would argue, more powerful tools that are on the desktop that let you do other things. Is, are we seeing a merger of these kind of tools, or are we going to move into the cloud exclusively, or what do you think?
2: It looks like that. Uh, it, it, it's going to the cloud, and it's going there pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I was actually really surprised how quickly and efficiently Adobe moved everything, uh, or like almost everything, into the cloud. Mm-hmm. because it's a huge transition for such a huge company. Yeah. Um, and, like, everybody in our company uses mm-hmm. Creative Cloud, right? Like, I, I, like myself, I use just the Lightroom and Photoshop. Somebody has the full suite uh, of products. So it's just kind of, like, all all over the place. Uh, what I feel the elements and the premier elements targeted for is actually other countries. So, like, outside of North America, like, where... Uh, there may be less reliable internet so mm-hmm. your creative cloud just wouldn't work at it, uh, when you need it, yeah. um, and it's more budget friendly so even the Photoshop package that I have is ten bucks a month um, so most people don't need to upgrade their software every year so they can keep it for three five years right. um, and there's there's been a lot of rise in uh, cheaper software for, for editing, mm-hmm. especially on the Mac, like in the Mac uh, App Store you can find like $30, $40 applications that will like apply a few filters, do a little um, this and that, which is probably like enough for everyone, yeah. because we're like, I'm satisfied with the iPhone apps for most of my editing, yeah. and I don't, don't want to go back to Photoshop and fix something in layers, because this is. Just takes too much time, right? Yeah. So, if something is easier over time and but produces like 90% of the results that I want, I would be happy with that. If I can just like live my life and travel more instead of just photoshopping stuff,
0: yeah, instead of diving into layers
2: and curves and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> we talked about the video, it's even worse, right? When you're oh, I know. video, so same story, if somebody can do it for me, or if there's some magical program that can. Uh, take it 90% there, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, I look
0: at this stuff and I I, I think back to, and, it, you know, maybe you don't know, Evgeny, but Craig, I know you know this because you're old enough. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I'm the old man here, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, you know, when there were, I mean, Photoshop was new, but even back in the enlarger days when we actually had to project that light stuff mm-hmm. through a negative to photosensitive paper. There were all these tools that we have on our phone and iPads and Macs. That's like magic, you know. I mean, it, to have these tools back then in your pocket would have been like indistinguishable from magic, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know. So, like, what Guinea was saying, yeah, I want to go back to just being able to have fun with photography instead of becoming an engineer to pull out the detail in my photos. That that resonates. What do you think, Craig? I mean, is it? Are we? Do we have too much power in these tools now?
1: Um, well, there, yes, there, there is. There's, although, but sometimes you need that power, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the challenge I found is, uh, I, I resisted for a long time using iPhone apps or, or even using Lightroom to edit my photos because I thought I can make them look so much better in Photoshop, mm-hmm. but it was so time-consuming. I never did it. Right. So, right. Um, I, you know, a few of them would get done, but you know, I'm now finding that anything that as he said anything that saves you time and helps you you know get the job done uh, is valuable right uh, to speed up that workflow yeah
0: right. yeah. And, yeah and that's it it's speed and like with with um, with iOS 8 and the new extensions that they that they've incorporated into this latest version of the operating system it allows you to hand off or applications that are running on the operating system it can hand off data to another app. So you could do some changes in one, add some clouds, a little vignetting, and then spit it off into another app to do a little bit more of this and that and sort of daisy chain your way through instead of, with iOS 7, the flow was make some changes, save the file, launch the other app, go find that file, load it in, make more changes, and keep going down the line. So now it hands off intelligently. So, I mean... Craig, in your world, in the things that you do, do you think there will be a time when you could go strictly mobile? So iPad, you know, the next version of the iPad? or? Uh,
1: well, I, I
0: am certainly doing that now with my travel photography. When I was in Rome
1: uh, last week, I had my Micro Four Thirds, my Olympus OM-D camera mm-hmm. with the Wi-Fi. I downloaded I didn't take a laptop. I just took my yeah. iPad. I downloaded images, I would edit them, and I would post them right then and there on Google+, Facebook, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that sort of photography, yes. For, th- for the model photography, uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon. There's just too, much, um, too many things I do to the photo uh, to, to make it look the way I want it to look that I just can't do in the uh, yeah. I- iOS apps.
0: Yevgeny, what about you? So, again, so putting on your 500px hat, a lot of people, as we've talked about on the show before, you know, they are initially intimidated by the quality of work that's on 500px because it's, you know, it's not your Flickr, right? Where there's quality work on Flickr, but then there's a lot of not there, too. On 500px, people tend to put their best foot forward, get dressed up for the party a little bit better. That said, is can you foresee a day where the images that people put up on 500px could have strictly come, like, from Craig's workflow, where you have your Micro Four Thirds camera, you shoot it, you suck them into the, the tablet, you edit it, and you put them on 500px, and they're good enough for 500px.
2: It's crazy because I already do that uh, on my photo trip. So I've been posting photos to Instagram. Uh, it's It is set up together with my... Uh, accounts so that every photo gets posted on 500px as well. but, but it's already happening. So I, I had about 60 photos from Instagram that I posted on 500px. Mm-hmm. Uh, edited with Visco, uh, edited with a bunch of other apps that I just used on my phone during long drives. I didn't feel like editing real real photos so I uh, uh, just edited the iPhone photos. Mm-hmm. and if you' in the right spa- in, in, in the right place in the right time, the iPhone is really capable camera. You can get really great photos if you if you wake up as everybody else at 5 a.m and there for the sunrise. Right. You yeah. you'll get beautiful colors, right? It's just that most people with cell phones will appear at that spot during midday when there is harsh light and like harsh shadows. So just get there early and then you'll get beautiful photos. Same thing for everything else. Like somebody was showing uh, iPhone photo uh, shot with, like, a model with a reflector. If you have a reflector, you'll get 10 times better photo with an iPhone than without the reflector. So it's just like these little pieces and little tools that photographers use anyway. uh, If you apply them to mobile photography, it will enhance the quality um, 10 times easily. So I think it's worth 500px.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Craig, Craig, what do you think? I mean, are you, so you're, you said you're not going to get to a level in the near term where you could do model type stuff on a mobile device. So what is your flow? So once you, when you do, you say you went out to the, you know, uh, Joshua tree and you came back with a bunch of images you load them into Lightroom and edit, or you load them into Lightroom and then fire them off to Photoshop. And round- uh, I do
1: I do Lightroom, uh, load them into Lightroom, do my picks. I will do some some basics editing in Lightroom if need be, uh, maybe bring up the shadows a little bit, or I uh, lowering the black levels. I tend to do in uh, Lightroom uh, lens correction,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: I put it into Photoshop. Uh, in Photoshop, I I will then do uh, skin retouching. Um, I will. I like the Nik filters for uh, doing tonal contrast. Mm-hmm. I tend to do almost every image through that to get the background a little more three-dimensional. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll spend typically anywhere from uh, well, a half hour to two hours per image. Wow. Um, in in Photoshop.
0: See that so, is, that is crazy. I hear uh, you know. I did an interview with Sue Bryce who's, a, who's a, a amazing photographer out of New Zealand. And she, she, you know, granted she's been doing this stuff for a long, long time and she's like, knows her way around Photoshop because she used to be a retoucher and all this stuff. Right. But she, like, I think she told me during that interview less than 10 minutes per image. Mm-hmm. And her I mean, images are insane. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I I will do that with some images. I mean if it's if it's strictly a model in front of a, a white a seamless background, yeah. I can yeah, 10, 10 minutes is all I need to do the skin retouching, you know, brighten the eyes a little bit, uh, sharpen and I'm done. Yeah. Um, but if they're out in the environment, I typically want to, you know, clean up that that water bottle that's over in the corner.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Uh, right are we are we going to get to a point now i mean these these cameras on these phones and this is this is for both of you guys so the the cameras on these phones are and tablets are just getting better and better the latest rev of the iphone 6 and 6 plus and then we've got you know cameras from nokia and i mean there are camera phones from nokia and then you know the whole lineup of android stuff There's it, just insanity out there in terms of how good these cameras are and many people are arguing that the iPhone camera is the best, especially the one in the 6 Plus because it has optical image stabilization and all that built into it. So are we getting to a point, you guys think, where it is feasible to kind of leave your mirrorless camera at home? You know, I'm going to (laughs) say, what do you you think?
2: I have a couple of comments to that. The first, just recently I saw the photo shoot by Jeremy Coward. Yes. Uh, He was shooting commercial work with an iPhone. Yeah, the 6 Plus, yep. And a few months back uh, I've seen a commercial shot, I think it was for Bentley, uh, for on iPhone as well, and edited on on the iPad while driving the Bentley. So that was kind of like really you know, posh uh, commercial, but but it just kind of shows you that it is possible if you give those tools uh, to professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Who who can set up the light, who can set up everything else, uh, whether it's makeup or dollies, uh, light and everything else. It doesn't matter if you're shooting with an iPhone or a fancy camera. You'll get good results. It's just like most people would not have the money or the opportunity to set up those expensive shoots.
0: Yeah, and you uh, hit it right on the head because, you know, talking to... You guys, this reminds me of the whole shift from, you know, remember the whole DSLR revolution video and, you know, Vincent LaFerre's video came out, mm-hmm. Revelry, and everyone was hot on DSLR videos, the wave of the future. That
2: was revolutionary at the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, but then you look at, this, like I did an interview with Vincent and we were talking about how, yeah, you have your camera in the middle, it, but then it's like all the stuff they tax onto it to get the <laughs> shot, it becomes like Megatron, you know? <laughs>
1: and, and costs ten times what the camera costs. All yeah, All the exactly. you have to like, add to
0: it, yeah. You're like, where's the camera? And, oh, there's the camera. I see it, you know? And the same for iPhone. Like the commercial you are talking about, Evgeny, it's like there's probably an iPhone in there somewhere amongst the gear kind of eco-skeleton there, exoskeleton. So. Yeah, so that's, I think that's the takeaway for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, you could that kind of stuff is possible with consumer-level devices like an iPhone, but don't take for granted that you're going to go to Apple, get your iPhone, and go shoot, you know, transformers the next day <laughs> you know, with your iPhone. You got you a little bit more kit in order to make that happen, right?
2: So, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. I want to see where this stuff goes. But, with, you know, uh, for me, my uh, when I was traveling... Uh, the, just now, I was thinking that next time I just want to take an iPhone and go with that. Mm-hmm. I want to have an iPhone only road trip. I think it's just going to be, uh, you know, something new. It will, it will change my perception of things. Yeah,
0: yeah. And yeah. we're there now. I mean, we're we're there. Which are you? Did you upgrade to the latest iPhone, you're getting? Yeah, I'm on the five. You're on the five. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Craig? Are you? I'm
1: on the five as well. Yeah. Oh. Not haven't upgraded yet.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm, in, I'm waiting. I'm going to wait uh, for the, uh, what do I say, for the settlers to take the arrows with these dot releases on iOS 8 and bending phones and all that, and I'll wait and I'll swoop in and get the good stuff. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Cool. All right, guys, let's move on. We've got a lot more stuff to talk about in this episode. Where are we at? So I want to also thank our sponsor, another sponsor for this episode of TWIP, and that's our good friends over at lynda.com. Lynda.com helps you learn and keep up to date with your software. You can pick up brand new skills, you can explore new hobbies. And all of this is using their you can do this using their easy-to-follow video tutorials. Whether you want to learn how to use Photoshop or improve your photography skills or manage your photos in Lightroom, Lynda.com offers thousands of courses on a variety of topics. Like I said, you can learn software, I mean, and this can be in the creative genre, you can learn business skills, photography techniques, web design. We've got over 2,400 courses and they're adding new courses every week. Melinda.com works directly with software companies to provide timely training, often on the same day that the new software versions are released. So you pick up some new software, you head over to lynda.com and learn how to use it and get up to speed with it the same day. And they offer courses for all levels, and they're adding new courses all the time. These courses are taught by industry experts. These are folks that know what they're doing, plus they're folks that have been training photography and software for years and years so they know how to get an idea out of their head into your head and uh, their instructors are like I said accomplished professionals many of them are at the top of their fields and they're passionate about teaching and training now Linda's Productions and their their courses are high quality video productions. They shoot them in studio, you know, like there's live action that's shot in studio and high quality screen capture for the the demonstration pieces. These aren't just you know any video that any old person can record. These are productions. These are high quality productions and they're convenient you can take the courses anytime you want from your computer tablet or mobile device and then each course is structured so that you can learn from start to finish or just jump in the middle somewhere to find a quick answer to some problem that's been bugging you And the courses are broken into bite-sized pieces so if you got fifteen minutes to spare or fifteen hours you can learn at your own pace on your own terms. And one low price of 25 bucks gives you unlimited access to the entire library. So we've worked out a deal with lynda.com so that uh, you can get a special offer to access the entire library for free. This is for TWIP listeners for seven days. So just visit lynda.com TWIP to try lynda.com free for seven days. Once again, that's lynda.com slash TWIP. To try it out for seven days, and I'll tell you, I'm using that seven day trial right now to uh, get up to speed on Adobe Audition. So, you know, of course, I'm a member of the Adobe Creative Cloud, so I have access to all of Adobe software, and we're doing some pretty interesting things on in the Twip universe, kind of stepping things up or stepping our game up a little bit. And I found myself needing to learn how to use Adobe Audition, which is their audio editing software. Well, when I first launched it, I was like, oh, oh boy, here we go. You know, so my first step was YouTube and I jumped around and found some tutorials on YouTube. But then I went to Linda and boom, there it is. An entire course laid out for everything I need to know about Adobe Audition. And I'm getting up to speed very quickly. So once again, try them out, get access to everything they have in their library for free over 2400 courses and just, uh, just head over to lynda.com slash twip, and everything will just work from there. And we thank Linda for their support of This Week in Photo. All right. All right. Let's jump into some listener Q&A. This is where we answer a question that has been on our listeners' minds. So Leon asks, he said, is there a way to save the raw files from an iPhone instead of the iPhone only saving JPEGs? I find the noise really horrible when viewed on anything but the iPhone screen. Evgeny, um I, I'm going to say I think the answer is no, that the thing generates JPEGs. You may right. know something different. What
2: do you uh, think? I, that, that is definitely a question for me, because a year ago I wrote an article about that the only thing that Apple should do with their camera is open up the raw file mm. for other apps so that you can take it and you can process that because the power is enough. Uh, and then you can get all the details uh, or like more details and more processing power from every shot. So it it is not possible, you still get the JPEGs between the apps even in iOS 8. What is possible is that if you get the manual control app, uh, like the manual or the Camera Plus, and there's probably a lot of other coming out uh, pretty soon, we're working on one too, Uh, it it, it allows you to set it up on a tripod, put the ISO specifically on the lowest setting, and get your long exposure shot, if, if you can, right, if, if it's something uh, steady like a landscape. So it will be possible, and, and I tried it, and, it's, and it works really great. You get, indeed, much cleaner uh, shots, even in low-light situations. You just have to have a steady hand or a steady uh, tripod to go yeah. with that. Love it, yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Craig.
1: There, there are a couple apps you can get that will... Grab the image before it goes through Apple's JPEG compressor, mm. um, which so, would is,
0: which would basically be the RAW file.
1: Well, it's it's still not technically RAW. You don't have access to the actual sensor data. It still has gone through one stage of processing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's two apps. Uh, one's called uh, Digital Negative, and the other is called 645 Pro, and both of those do. They call it RAW uh, RAW developed. Is what they will do. They both uh, they output TIFF files. Um, okay. Well, the 6645 Pro out, outputs a TIFF file. Digital Negative does an actual DNG file. <sighs> um, and they're grabbing the separate R, G, and B channels uh, and uh, all of the data that's available there to combine them. Oh, that's it, killer! I had it, no idea. It gives you. It it doesn't give you a lot more dynamic range necessarily, but it does um, it does supposedly help with uh, the noise issue.
0: Yeah. And if you're trying to do semi-pro stuff, then yeah, absolutely. Why not try those? right? right? right.
2: But I think the answer is is uh, Android uh, has announced the support for RAW files. Yes. So the new Android will come out with RAW support. You can go nuts with that and build cameras and just get your real uh, Real raw files. There you go. Yeah,
0: if there was just a way to get the camera out of the iPhone 6 Plus and right. onto the Moto X, that would be awesome. <laughs> right?
2: The camera. Awesome. <laughs> see, see how funny it is. Like the the most important thing in the phone is a camera. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and that's that's for a lot of
0: people. I mean, these cameras are the most popular cameras in, in many places. Do you guys track that data? I mean, are, on 500px? Yeah, yeah. How, how popular is iPhone on there?
2: On Flickr, we know it's number one. We, we have an app. It's called Insights by 500px, and mm-hmm. you can check all the stats, which cameras uh, are popular right now, which cameras are popular at, at all times, and it's shifting a little bit. I think that uh, Canon 5D Mark II or Mark III is the most popular camera right now. Mm-hmm. uh but it's kind of like it gives you a list of cameras that you can see and track by categories and by type.
0: yeah that's that's crazy. Yeah. Hey Craig Craig I want I, okay. I want to challenge you. I want you when you get your your new iPhone, presumably you're gonna get one, when you get your new iPhone six or six plus, I want you to do a full model shoot with just that camera and then post it on Twip so that we can see what okay. you're able to do.
1: I, I, I'll gladly do that,
0: sure. All right. In the yeah, hands that. of a master, it, that that should be like
2: magic, right? And <laughs> I'm sure it'll be. look great, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, cool. And, guinea I should throw the same gauntlet down to you because you're Mr. Road Tripper, right? So
2: <laughs> I only posted my photos with an iPhone on 500 p Oh, you did?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was looking at them. They look, they look really nice. You did yeah. some, yeah, yeah, got some great shots there
0: yeah I don't know so so not to make this the iPhone show obviously I know you listeners that don't use iPhone are like okay, move on from that already but the camera in these things are crazy right so the only thing that's making me want to get that six plus is the optical image stabilization on on that particular camera so I don't know if that's enough to push me over the edge what you know and get the larger phone what do you guys think? are you gonna no nope? get the six the six right yeah yeah yeah. I, that I'm the, yeah. yeah, I'm like just thinking about getting the six plus. I already have buyer's remorse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just thinking about it. I'm oh, good. i have thinker's remorse.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think it's. Gonna now be if it trick. had
1: a hot shoe, so I could hook up a Pocket Wizard, maybe I'd consider it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that may be coming in the six plus plus. Coming and
2: the jack for a mic. I want a good audio as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, it has
0: that, right? You can you can get mic. You can get audio in there. Maybe, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we're almost into the show here. Our last sponsor for this episode is our good friends over at Squarespace.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. And as a special promotion for the TWIP audience, Squarespace is giving away a full year of its most premium level service, and that's valued at more than 288 bucks to a randomly selected listener. All you got to do to enter is just tweet, quote, better websites for all, exclamation point, with the hashtag Squarespace TWIP. To be considered. And if you currently have a Squarespace site, post your site URL too, and we might even talk about it on a future episode of This Week in Photo. And remember, Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. Plus, they've got their new metric app for iPhone and iPad that allows you to check your site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. And Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and the fee started just eight a month and that includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year so you can start your trial you don't need a credit card to start building your website now then when you decide to sign up for squarespace just make sure you use the offer code twip to get that 10 percent off and to show your support for this week in photo and we here at twip want to personally thank squarespace for their support squarespace it's everything you need to create an exceptional website All right, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. This is the segment where you guys can pick something to recommend to the TWiP audience as long as it is somehow related to photography. Yevgeny, I'm going to let you go first. What is your pick of the week?
2: My pick of the week is pretty weird, uh, but kind of related and relevant, I guess. It is a fancy, (laughs) old-school Russian portrait lens. Uh, Uh It's called Helios 40-285mm f1.5. Uh, it produces amazing bokeh, if you've never seen this lens before, just Google that, put it in Google Images, put it, in of box, put it on Flickr, whatever, you'll see amazing uh, bokeh behind those uh, portraits usually. And that's kind of like the whole lens structure that allows you to do that. Yeah. A friend of mine uh, gifted me the lens on the trip, so just yesterday I was doing the fashion photo shoot with this lens and the results are just like incredible so wow uh, and it's pretty inexpensive for uh, 1.5 uh, you can probably get it on eBay around three to four hundred dollars
0: I'm looking up now uh, yeah. yeah it's on Amazon the Russian Soviet Helios 40-285 mil for 544 and they've got it for499
2: have you checked the photos? Like you will see, it's just the incredible yeah. It's it's just like really few lenses uh, make make it possible, so it's really great.
0: I'm definitely gonna check that out. I wonder if they have a Micro Four Thirds adapter for that thing. Well, I guess you know I have a Nikon adapter, and they've got one that's yeah. designed
2: for Nikon. Yep. My mine right. is directly Nikon, so a lot of old lenses are like specifically almost like FD uh, types. So you can <laughs> put it on a... Uh, not not FD, FDs uh, Canon. The effort. The F-Type, so you can just get yeah, it. Yeah, the F-Mount, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just buy it and mount it directly. Love it. And, of course, it's going to be all manual, but... It's all manual. It's, it's pretty hard to focus. You have to be really uh, really careful. A lot of my shots were out of focus. But when you get it, it's perfect.
0: I love it. All right. <laughs> God, it's spinning my money, man. Stop.
2: <laughs> I'll bring it right. to SF, so we'll play with that.
0: Cool, cool. That's a great pick, man. Thank you for that. All right, Craig, what do you got for us? More money, let me guess. Yeah,
1: well, so <laughs> I'll do a cheap one first. So I originally, uh, my pick was going to be uh, an ebook, uh, but I looked back and Martin Bailey recommended it uh, back in June. But I'm going to re-recommend it, and then I'll give you another pick as well. Okay. Um so this is The Beautiful Anarchy by David Duchemin. Mm. Uh, it's a $10 dollars ebook. Uh, I got the Kindle version off of Amazon. Um, it is just so inspiring. Uh, it, it talks about just uh, vision and the craft and, and the struggles that uh, you know artists have, uh, photographers as artists. And it really it really spoke to me. I've read it twice already and going to read it a third time.
0: Wow. Um, See, that this, says something. When you read them twice, yeah. that's, uh, yeah, I'll be buying yeah. that, definitely. Uh,
1: great, great book. Um, so my other pick is a, a lens. It's the uh, for micro four-thirds. It's the Panasonic 35-100mm uh, to F2.8 mm-hmm. uh, Lumix uh, zoom lens. It's a, a ver- very new lens. Uh, I rented it from borrowed lenses for my trip to Rome. Yeah. and uh, just love the images i got from it and uh, i'm going to be buying one as soon as i can find one they're back ordered most places at the moment but
0: yeah um, uh, i love that l- lens l- i have that lens it's part of the the you know one of the kind of must have lenses the pro lenses for micro four thirds because mm-hmm. because of the crop factor in micro four thirds a 35 to 100 f2.8 mm-hmm. F2> is essentially equivalent to a 70 to 200 on yep. the um, full frame sensor so everyone knows that that's kind of the bread and butter Focal length, zoom range, you know. And then you go wider and a little shorter, or whatever. But that—that's like the workhorse lens.
1: So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I I had it on the camera all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, right. It's rock solid too. Love that yeah. lens. Love it. Cool. And how much is that? Is that That's cheap? Uh, right? uh, yeah,
1: fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> you beat your by a thousand bucks. Oh, but you don't have to do it because you've already. What about the price? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was like, "Oh, well, I got something for you."
2: <laughs> I, you know, I was I was traveling with 600 mil f point four, uh, oh, from from as well. It's a huge monster. Mostly, it intimidates everybody around you. If you pull, well, that's um, why
1: you get that, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, and you know, the only shots you can make on it is a Yellowstone, right? Like bison and animals. Uh, yeah. Every, like it's not a landscape. For, it's it's not a landscape lens. It's just yeah. like unless you're uh, trying to get the moon. and yeah. For, for my either. model,
1: for my model shoots, I use it, but I have a walkie-talkie. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: A little to the left. Yes. Yeah. Turn to the right. Yeah. Perfect. Right there. Click. Yeah. Wow, and that, what is that lens? Like? You said that's a 600 mil lens. You yeah, oh, I that yeah. runs new, probably like what three grand or something. Oh, no, I, I'm thinking 15%. it's over 10, 15,000. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, craziness. That's crazy. Yeah, I went to I went to Yellowstone on a on a workshop a couple years ago, and I I too rented lenses like that, and I but I I did something really dangerous. I Rented these expensive lenses, and I had them shipped to my hotel room, so I wouldn't have to carry them. Because you know, there's these small flights that go into Bozeman, right? So I didn't want to have to put these expensive lenses in the luggage compartment on this little puddle jumper. So I
2: shipped them, and they made it there, totally fine. Yeah, that's what I use uh, the same. Just ship it to your hotel, and yeah. when you're done, you just drop it off in the hotel and say, like, hey, just like let the UPS truck or FedEx truck just pick it up. Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of crazy because you're living. Uh, uh, Leaving a box uh, that looks like a box, and anybody can pick it up at uh-huh. many dollars inside. Yeah, but that if, you will
0: be liable for if it somehow goes missing, right? I need to check actually. Make it back, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, yeah. Hopefully it works. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a, That's actually a really good tip. I mean, that's like a bonus pick of the week or tip of the week, and that's to rent lenses and ship them to your destination, and of course with insurance, and then uh, when you're done there, just give it back to the hotel, ship it back to borrow lenses or lens rentals, and, and go on with your day. And saves you a couple of days on the rental fee too, right? You don't have to. Get that's it before sure. your trip
1: and get it, you know, have it for the day after your trip to return.
2: So yeah. yeah, just ship it for one location for just a couple of days. That's it. Much, yeah. much cheaper. Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially for those specialty monster lenses like that one that you don't want to be carrying around anyway, you know? And it's yeah, that's that's amazing. Thank goodness for these uh these rental places, man. I mean <laughs> they've I mean, they've changed the way that a lot of people shoot because like that particular lens if it wasn't for these lens rental places you're getting, you probably not would not have gotten shots with that
2: lens. You know what? While we were on the trip, there was a new Sigma that was announced, 150 to 600 mil. Mm. And that seems like a really nice replacement because it is, it's going to be cheaper. It's not as, uh, like, you wouldn't get as beautiful bokeh uh, out of that, but yeah. it, it is carryable. So right. you yeah. can actually pick it up yeah uh, and, and that's w- that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants more portability. Nobody wants to carry more heavy equipment. Everybody wants like micro four thirds or anything less less and less, right? Yeah. So um,
0: hey, I, m- the longest lens I have in my micro four/thirds bag is a 100 to 300 and which is a 200 to 600 equivalent, but you know, Optics notwithstanding, it's not going to be as sharp as that 600mm lens that you rented. But you know, at least but I'll, I'll be, get a shot not. with right. it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so how often do you use that lens?
0: I haven't had a chance to use it yet. So okay. yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. I use the the you know that lens that you have, the 35 to 100, mostly for everything. And then I have where is it? Is it over here? No, I have a a 45. Actually, the 42.5 Noctokron, which is the best, that lens. I just want to put on a pillow next to me because it's just like it's got that heft and that Leica click is just it's like photographer catnip or something. I don't know. <laughs> I love it so. All right, guys, we're at the end of the show. We could just do this all day. We could. It's, uh, it's great. Well, Evgeny, what about you? Where where can people go to see some of these shots that you did? Maybe join your group on 500px.
2: That is going to be really, really boring, but again, it's 500px.com slash my last name. I wouldn't even spell it. Just look it up. (laughs) Uh, Or join the groups. I'm in many groups, and we are having some really good discussions, especially on landscape photography or, like, where to rent helicopters to fly around San Francisco with no doors, like, do all the nice things. So it's all in the groups. Uh, So, yeah, just find it there. That's I need
1: good. to hang with you. I'm going to be helicopter rides
2: around San Francisco. <laughs> know, he's like international man <laughs> well, of... well, you're going to split the cost, but yeah, it, absolutely, it, it, it is well worth it. Next time I'm going to San Francisco, I'm doing that again. It's just incredible. What did what did that cost? Just, it, just... it was slightly over eight hundred dollars for slightly over an hour. So it's like six hundred dollars an hour for mm-hmm. three people. Uh, Robinson R44 small helicopter. No doors, so you have full flexibility to move around. You can do whatever you want, awesome. uh, and it is super photo-friendly. So you can ask the pilot uh, just just to freeze whatever you want, or like do five circles over some places that you want to circle. So basically, whatever you want.
0: Were you yeah. able to get Were you able to get some aerials of the Golden Gate Bridge in that area?
2: Uh, the Golden Gate wasn't too well lit, because it was on the sun, uh, on the sunset. Okay. Uh, there was, uh, on my Fire and account, there's a bunch of photos from San Francisco, Errol, and that was, like, the best start of the trip ever, because that was on the first day we were starting trip, and we were like, yeah, we're going to do a helicopter ride. So uh, uh, that was perfect.
0: Yeah, all right, that's on my list. Craig, maybe we should split yeah, it. I'm game. Okay. Let's do it. 300 each, we can do it. Let's do it. Or was it
2: 600 uh, six hundred for three people or 300 for one? Oh, okay,
1: yeah, so I'm, it'd I'm in.
2: Maybe, I'm in. it be a little cheaper, uh, you know. If you yeah. take other people's flashcards and shoot for them, you can... <laughs> uh, no, no. no, no hey, it's Craig.
0: We're going, you and me. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right, guys. So, Craig, so while we're on you, where can people go to look at some of the work that you got or those galleries that you have uh, showing? Uh, so, um, everything
1: is on my website, uh, craigcolvinphotography.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Google+, Facebook, all the regular haunts.
2: Awesome. When is the uh, Palo Alto Gallery opening? Uh,
1: I have, uh, what, some is in the, uh, one gallery, they're up right now, uh, the Keeble and Shuckett Gallery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other was, um, we're hanging on the 11th of October, and then a reception two weeks after that.
0: Uh, 11th of October. Is that during this, Photo
1: Plus? No, that, uh, yes. Oh, no, that's before Photo Plus.
0: Okay, then I'll come. Okay.
1: Right. Uh, the reception is October
2: 25th.
0: Okay. So. Perfect. Done. All right. Awesome. And maybe we'll go straight from there to the helicopter ride and then, you know.
2: There we go. <laughs> and that's great. the Photo Plus.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Alright guys, well thank you for your time today It's been an awesome show once again Um, I really appreciate it And listeners, if you, and watchers If you want to check out our website Please do so over at thisweekinphoto.com It's our brand new Awesome website Check it out, let us know what you think And with that, it's time to take that lens cap